0: are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colt podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to this Locked On crossover with Locked On Colts and Locked On Packers. I am here today with Bill Huber. He is the host of Locked On Packers, and I am your host of Locked On Colts, Matt Dainley. Uh, Bill, how you doing, man? I'm great. How about you, Matt? Excellent. Uh, glad to talk to you. Glad to kind of kind of get this this game kind of worked out and see what we're going to come up with. We bang our heads together and see kind of what we're going to see this Sunday uh, with the Colts and Packers in uh, Lambeau. This is kind of an exciting matchup for me. Uh, I always enjoyed watching games in Lambeau and so on, but uh, to watch my Colts go up there and uh, see what they can pull together against the Packers team is, is going to be very interesting to say the least.
0: Should be a good game, you know. Obviously, Green Bay is in, in the thick of a bad NFC North and a kind of a mundane NFC. I guess what what's in feeling? I mean, they're they're three and five, obviously, and we had, um, you know, the conference calls, and obviously, everyone's everybody's disappointed there. But mm-hmm. what's what's the feeling, big picture wise? Are they they think they they got a fighting shot at this
1: thing yet? Um, I would say uh, if you're talking about in the facility, yeah, I think that they th- they feel they have a a realistic shot at the game. I think they do too, uh, so long as about three or four things go their way specifically uh and then I think a lot of their thing a lot of others <laughs> have to have to be pretty helpful as well it, it's it's a it's a different team this year to where they've been close in almost every game and uh at the end of the day you really start wondering at times how they kept the game so close uh whether the teams are playing down to you know the whether the culture uh, a bad team and teams are playing down to their uh you know, their, uh, the, their matchup or or if the Colts are actually doing something that doesn't just jump off the screen at you uh, that's keeping the other teams uh, kind of at bay and just doesn't, you know what I mean? It's just not one of those things It's like, oh, they're, they're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback or this or that. You know, it's just something that's keeping these games close. It's, it's really hard to tell. Uh, w- with the remaining schedule, you know, there's a lot of things for the Colts that uh, come up to where they have, uh, an interesting second half of the season. Uh, you know, they they start the second half of the season with you guys, and then they take their bye, and then they've got the Vikings and the Raiders among the other AFC South, uh, games in there as well. And a couple others. And it's just interesting to see how the rest of the schedule, those teams, how they're working out, uh, with their schedules and so on, um, with the Vikings kind of taking a dip, uh, The the Raiders are are kind of uh, back and forth, so on. Uh, And and then nobody knows really what's going to happen in an AFC South game. Uh, We've already seen that over the past several years. But this game against the Packers, I think the Colts bring um, an interesting matchup into Lambeau. But there's so many differences in this Packers team than we've seen in years past. For example, um, Aaron Rodgers is, is only... Throwing the ball uh, about six and a half yards per attempt right now, which is pretty low compared to what he's been. In fact, it's like six point three yards per attempt, which is one of his lowest uh, in his career. In fact, it is the lowest in his career. Um, but they've, they like I said, they've got those guys, the receivers coming in the backfield, and they're using they they have such a, a, a an open, or a revolving door so much in the backfield. It seems like uh, where where are the Packers gonna find their uh, success against this Colts team.
0: Well, I I want to hit on the, on the yards per attempt. It was funny. We, we had a quarterbacks coach, Alex Van Pelt on Thursday evening up at Lambeau. And he was asked about that. And, you know, they're, they're not worried. Actually was a offensive, uh, associate head coach, Tom Clements was asked about it. And it is, I mean, he entered after the 2014 season, he was number three in NFL history in that number. Uh-huh. They're like eight point three, so where he is now is it's, it's a remarkable drop off. But you know, at least for public consumption, they're not worried about that number. um Tom Clements said that if you start chasing stuff like that, then you just get things worse. But you've at least figured out something. And as odd as it is to to say, I think losing Eddie Lacy might have actually been a benefit to him. Mm. Now the game is in, it's in Aaron Rodgers' hands, and there's no more for Rodgers. I mean, I think for the first six weeks, he. I swear he just looked in the pocket trying to make big plays and extending plays and buying time, just trying to make, you know, the big play, the splash play. And I think losing Lacey has forced him to, you know what? It's, it's okay to throw the ball three yards. You know what? Mm -hmm. I'll throw the ball three yards. My my guy will run for five and we're going to gain eight. So I I think there's some benefit there. So I, I, you know, how do you attack the Colts? Well, I I guess I'll throw it back to you here in a second, but, you know, I, I think I, I think it's gonna be a lot of the same stuff. But it's gonna be a lot of the quick hitting stuff. Uh you know, I think they'll get Randall Cobb back, who's their, you know, slot receiver. They'll probably get Ty Montgomery back who's a receiver who's been playing running back. So I think it'll be a lot of the same kind of stuff that that Packers fans have seen the last couple of weeks. I I'm curious about uh Bonte Davis. Do you think he's gonna play with that concussion?
1: Uh, I'm I'm gonna say no at this time. Um I it's so hard to tell uh how quickly they come in and out of the the concussion protocol anymore uh I, I wouldn't even venture a guess to be honest with you but the fact that he uh let's see uh he did he was limited today right so whether that means he was in there with uh you know a no contact jersey uh, it, it just, it's just hard to tell. It really depends on how, you know, because that first day back, basically when they get them on the field at all, they just want to see if they can go through some sort of a vigorous uh, workout and, and not suffer the reoccurring symptoms. And then, you know, the Friday uh, after that is going to be used to see, you know, can the guy do this and maybe hit a little bit. just kind of depends. If they still have a no-contact no jersey on him tomorrow, he's not going to practice or he's not going to play this Sunday, I don't think.
0: Okay, so obviously he's – He's key. I mean, one of the Packers receivers called him one of the premier corners in the NFL. So the the Packers think very highly of him. And you know, you know, looking looking at Green Bay secondary, they where they have three starters out. I mean, you don't have to look too hard to figure out the 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 default when you're when you're down your top guy. Then selling your number two guys, moving up to the number one guy, and the number three corners moving up to number two, and sets off a whole avalanche of things. I, you know, Green Bay is pretty tight-lipped, like most teams are about. Not having to bullet the board material, but I mean, Mm-mm. I mean, they look at the Colts' passing numbers and 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 they, and they see opportunities. What what's gone wrong there besides just injuries, or or is that it?
1: Well, it's been a little bit of everything. I mean, when you add injuries, some of it's poor play calling. Now, defensively, it's just the the passing game uh, for the most part. Now, the Colts aren't exactly known as a, a run stopping team. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't think anybody would accuse them of that. But late this year, it's uh, it, it's been a lot of downfield passing. They've they've done they've they've struggled quite a bit uh, in the secondary with the passing defense. I mean, they're well, they're I think thirty first or thirty second, either dead last or second to last in the league in passing yards and passing defense. And so um, they, they have uh, a multitude of trouble getting their linebackers to cover uh, basically anybody for that matter, but the majority of it is tight ends and running backs, obviously, but their secondary is struggling as well. They've, you know, they've had some injuries. Vontae's done pretty solid, but he got torched by a tight end last week. So, I mean, he's just as, uh, capable of being beat, you know, as anybody. And they've just had a lot of inconsistency. TJ Green is, is pretty bad in coverage for the most part and uh Mike Adams you know had a bad game last week and he has he had been to that point probably the best uh member of the secondary best defensive back mm-hmm. in, in coverage so it's just hard to tell they're they're just so inconsistent you can't really get a read on any of their on any of their play i mean it's one week it's one thing they look good and you think that they're on a roll and then the next week they look terrible and it's like what happened you know um but that was another thing i wanted to ask you about about the I mean, you have some. Are you have uh, some corners that are going to be out this yeah, week as well? <laughs> or I mean, that they're they're in, they're in trouble. Not so much that they're out, but you. Uh, let's see who you have. Uh, Dimitri, uh Goodson. I'm not sure how much he plays. Is he a starter?
0: Well, well yeah. We'll we'll start from the from from the original starters. Um, of the year was in you know including last year too. You know, Sam Shields is a veteran guy. He suffered a concussion in week one. He's on IR. You know, he's never going to play for the Packers again. He's he's, hmm. he's done, um, which made Demarius Randall last year's first-round pick. Then he became the number one corner. Well, he hurt his groin. He came back uh, a week later, or after missing him, he came back, reentered to the groin. Then he needed surgery. So he's out for five, six weeks. Hmm. Um, their number three corner is Quinton Rollins, a, a former basketball player from a Miami-Ohio. Yeah, he got a groin injury. He's out. <laughs> so they've gone a couple of games here without without their top three. So that put Dimitri Goodson, another former basketball player who had just come back from suspension. He became a starter. Ladarius Gunter, an undrafted guy from Miami. He became a starter. And Micah Hyde, who was our number three safety, he became a starter. Mm-hmm. So that's not good.
1: No, <laughs> So um, I, re- I really liked Rollins coming out of school. Uh, yeah, he, he was one of the guys, guys I really game. hoped that the Colts been, would get.
0: Yeah, he's been banged up some. And, you know, well, he's So he's probably going to play. He seems to be healthy, which is good timing because Goodson has a suspension. I mean, uh, it's been a, a concussion. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go. At least They're going to have one of their top three. So they're going to have one of their top three playing. And then you're going to draft the guy, Gunter, who's actually a pretty darn good player. But this matchup worries me because he, he is he's not fast. Right. And that's the one thing that you guys have in an abundance of speed there's an issue yeah. there and Micah Hyde he played corner Iowa but he's playing safety because he's not fast enough to play corner. Well, he's me playing corner against a bunch of speedsters. It, it looks like it looks like a lot of matchup problems from from Green Bay's perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what that that specifically is where I was going to go next. Uh when you get to uh maybe the third receiver on the field, uh the tight end and running backs, the, the Packers have been covering pretty well at least uh in comparison to the rest of the league. Uh, they're, uh, what in the top 12 of, of covering third tight our third wide receivers, tight ends and running backs. But then you get to, uh, the number one and two receivers and they're 25th and 26th in the league for our 25th for the first wide receiver and 26th in the league against the second wide receiver. Uh, that that's something I was going to ask you about now. I I know T Y Hilton is, well, he was, uh, practiced today. So that's a, a good sign for the Colts with his, uh, injury. But what do you think that does for this weekend specifically against Andrew Luck being able to get the deep ball?
0: Yeah, it's 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 a big problem. Um, Gunter's played really well um, against against the well against the Giants. He was responsible for well, he's partially responsible for shutting down Beckham. Um, Then he played the Cowboys and he just got destroyed. Mm -hmm. And then he played the Bears and uh, they threw nine passes at Elshon Jeffrey, and he caught three for like thirty yards. And against Julio Jones last week. Jones got hurt in the second quarter. But he didn't do anything. But of course he's hurt, so that that from a <laughs> big aster. So they Gunter's done pretty well, but you know, what do those guys have in common? Well, Jeffrey doesn't run. Um Jones on a on a bad wheel doesn't run. So right. I, I I would assume because he's the big physical guy, I would assume that he's he'll take Moncrief because, you know, six two compared to five nine. So I I think he goes there. And you probably feel pretty good about that mat, that matchup, but Man, I don't know how Quentin Rollins, who's, who's not a speed guy, he's coming back off of Greenwich. I mean, I don't know how he stops Hilton if that's the matchup. And I don't know how Micah High, who's usually been their, like I said, their third safety or their dime guy, I don't know how he matches up with, with uh, Dorsett. So that, mm-hmm. you know, really, th- their hope is that they, they got to stop the run. Because if they can't stop the run, then then Lux just going to go play action and, and kill him. So they're going to have to stop the run with a a bare minimum of resources in the box and then hope and hope the pass rush can get there, which is obviously where the Colts are very vulnerable.
1: Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, they had three sacks this past week and it's kind of in- uh, interesting to see. Uh, I actually wrote a piece today for today's pigskin about, um, Eric Walden and how he's been basically the best <laughs> pass rush option for the Colts. And he, you know, got you it. guys I like know about hard. him <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you guys know about him in Green Bay, and he was everything—I mean, anything—but a pass rush, uh, extraordinaire there. And it's not so much that he is here; it's just that should tell you how bad the Colts' pass rush is across the board. Um, they, they've brought in Akeem Ayers, who's who's gotten some good uh, pressure. They've gotten some pressure inside from a couple different guys, but uh, the you know if they can't, especially with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He presents one of the biggest issues for the Colts uh, getting out of the pocket and so on. But if, if they do a lot of those short passing plays that they've been doing the past several weeks, um, I don't know that it's going to matter if they get uh, a good uh, rush or, or not. If if he's already got the ball out of his hand, uh, these guys, you're, you, the Packers' uh, skill position guys, are very good in space. And when you put a wide receiver in the backfield, and some of that stuff happens. Then, then you've got real issues for this Colts defense, who also struggles to tackle quite a bit.
0: Yeah, that's not good. Um, yeah, you what? Walden's got six of the fourteen sacks, and what, is his is, math kind of hit the end of the line? Do you think?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's got two sacks now, but it's it. You know, it's just uh, there. Just isn't a whole lot there to him anymore. I don't think, and it, it's just a. Uh, I don't know how to explain him. You you think that he looks good in a couple plays, but he just looks so much of a pushover. When you get him against a solid, a, a good tackle, and he just looks overmatched almost every single time, like almost every play out of the gate, he really has to be on top of his game, and it's almost as if the tackle has to have uh, a bad drop or doesn't anchor well or something like that. And Mathis can get a beat on him or some leverage at some point, but he, he really doesn't look good uh, this year. And the Colts really need multiple pass rushers, you know, which is why they've had to depend on their interior to get so much pressure up the middle. It, it's just a it's a bad situation in that regard. But they are uh, improving, I'll I'll say that. But that's you know that's that means nothing virtually when you're t- when you're so bad that you're improving and you've still only got 14 sacks on the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you've only got
1: eight from other people than Eric Walden. Things are not good.
0: Yeah, and Green Bay's old line has played really well. I know you, if you look at Rodgers, Rodgers has been sacked some, but a lot of that was back from his early in the season when he was just hold, holding the ball for an eternity, waiting for someone to get open. Um, But their, their old tackles are really good. Left tackle David Bakhtiari is a heck of a good player. Yeah. He was he was vastly underrated for a couple years, and, and now he got paid a lot of money. And I think people finally realize just how good of a left tackle he is. Packers don't help them, and they they don't help they don't help just don't help them. Period. It, it, you know, home road, you know, you're facing an all-pro I mean, It's Bakhtiari goes one on one and is expected to win. Right tackle Brian Block is a pretty good player. Is that the Colts going going back to your O-line? Is that what the vulnerability is? Is the, is the tackles between Costanzo and uh and Heg?
1: Uh, well, Heg's been Heg lately with Muhor being out has been playing left guard. Okay, and they've had uh. Uh, Joe Wright's at right tackle, but he's out with a concussion right now. So w- how they uh, manipulate this line now uh, with not really having uh, a great uh, idea of what Muhort's done? When you Muhort hasn't practiced this week, so he, he's more than likely not playing this week either. So uh, with those two out, they they have. Uh, A rookie in Austin Blythe who could come in and play a guard spot and they could probably, you know, uh, Denzel Good, who has played the right guard position uh, when Haig went out to right tackle. I think those two need to flip flop um, because Haig's a very, I think Haig's a very good for his uh, tenure, so so to speak, for a rookie at, at, at at the guard position. He's not great yet. I mean, none of these guys are great. That's why they've given so many pressures and sacks. But they're young, and they have a lot of uh, potential. But I really think that right side of that line, good is better served as a tackle, in my opinion. He just looks lost a lot of times uh, in the interior. And Ryan Kelly is anchoring that line at the moment right now, and Anthony Costanzo had a bad week last week. So it's it's a very uh, makeshift line, it seems like, more weeks than not. It's Haig could be – Uh, a good, a good option there, but you know, they have Austin Blythe, Jonathan Harrison, who's not very good. Uh, He could be playing right guard. They may move Hague over to left guard again. We just don't know. And that's probably the most likely scenario. So, uh, but there it's their interior uh, for the most part, it's really a a whole, the entire line. Uh, Ryan Kelly has really been the strong point in that, uh, offensive line for the Colts, but Costanzo has been fantastic some weeks and been really bad others. And then you have the right side of the uh, line who, if they don't, if they're not on point, man, they give up just pressure after pressure after pressure. But then, you know, and the consistency issue is where it's at because you see the potential with this team Well, they'll go on a full drive and Andrew Luck will just be chilling in the pocket back there and picking defenses apart and then on the very next drive he's hit 3 out of the 4 times he he gets the ball snapped to him. It's just very inconsistent, hard to gauge. Uh they they're a young team with a ton of potential and up front and uh that's about it right now. So it's it's a scary thought when you get into a team that is not or that is good at rushing the passer uh like the the Packers uh, can be, we'll put it that way.
0: How how was Andrew Luck handled all this? I mean pr- pressure yeah, is a quarterback's uh uh, number one enemy, and he's been got mm. the dickens beaten out of him. The numbers look he's pretty darn good, all things considered, though. How, how, how's he handled it?
1: Uh, the, the same way Andrew Luck always does. You know, uh, the 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 common uh right answer, you know, to questions about it. Never throws his guys under the bus. In fact, the coaching staff this week didn't want to say, didn't want to talk about anything about the offensive line. In fact, they pretty much, uh, when they were asked about it, and they, and I'll be honest, some of the local media that was asking the questions or asking some very uh, closed-ended questions didn't really uh, give a, a solid question in order to get any kind of an answer back. But at the same time, they did bring it up and the coaching staff, especially Pagano, wanted nothing to do with it. He just simply ignored the question and said something about we're on to Green Bay. I'm, You know, it, it was uh, pretty weak, but it was at the same time, Andrew's handled it fantastically, but that guy can't, I mean, my God, how many bruises does the guy have on his body right now? You know, if you could see under his Jersey, I mean, he would probably look like a leopard, <laughs> you know, I mean, cause he's just getting tagged all the time, but he gets back up and, uh, that's the kind of the thing with him. You know, I don't think too often you're ever going to see him sit out because he's got an ouchie. He's going to have to rupture his, uh, kidney or whatever, you know, just like he did last year in order to go out. And that's a scary thought because he takes a lot of hits. Um, not in and the good thing about this year though, is that typically he was, uh, inviting pressure. A lot of times he would move out of the pocket into other pressures. You know what I mean? He's not been doing it this year. It's been, um, very much on the line in my opinion. And the other part of that though, is the offensive coordinator. Um, uh, Chudzinski's got to, you know, back when in the days of Bruce Arians, they had a very downfield approach, and they didn't have a great offensive line, but a lot of people, you know, didn't really give Luck the benefit of the doubt at the time as a rookie. They wanted to test him naturally. Well, they had one of the biggest downfield attacks in the league that year, and a lot of these uh, receivers' routes are very downfield again, and that's killing uh, Andrew Luck in this offensive line they need to shorten that up quite a bit and they've you know they're they're doing a lot of seven step drops and that's not good for a line that's leaky and a quarterback who's getting tagged you know seven eight ten times a week
0: that's interesting so. because if you look at their their skill guys I mean they, they are downfield guys right I mean you're not gonna have your five nine guys be underneath guys like so it's it just a it's just a mismatched roster at this point and they need to figure out the direction and build it or to how you see it or am I just totally wrong on that
1: no it's not wrong uh the only thing is is that you know uh I think it's somewhat of a stigma if you were to give that to T.Y. Hilton about you know that he's uh struggles underneath or you know not so much that he struggles but that he doesn't get the underneath passes very often he's a downfield guy but that's not actually the case T.Y. Hilton gets a ton of yards after the catch uh, often it's on a, a backside, uh, crossing route or something like that to where a lot of the other guys are opening it up downfield, uh, even for him. Cause we've got a lot of speed with Moncrief and Dorsett on the other side. Um, and even Chester Rogers ha- is proving that he's somewhat of a vital part to this receiving core who nobody knows anything about, but he's been, uh, very good. And with, uh, T.Y. in there and, uh, Dorsett, they, they run, um, they're they're just pushing a lot of things downfield, and they're relying on their tight end to cover all the short passing game, and that you just can't do that. You've got to have more guys at different levels of the field, and they're really just oversaturating the deep uh, routes and uh, within the offense. And it, I, I wouldn't even say that it's a mismatch. I'd say that it's a pretty good group of wide receivers, and I think that they've got a nice uh, uh, core of, of skill set and abilities. But they've really got to use, you know, you've got the physical guy. Dorsett's ultimately a more physical and a a bigger version of T.Y. Hilton. uh, If if you look at speed and stuff, I'm not talking about skill level. Mm -hmm. But uh, you have uh, uh, Moncrief also, who is a physical guy who can take some of those routes across the middle. They've they really like Moncrief doing a lot of the comeback routes and a lot of the deeper stuff to come back and 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 run uh secondaries off, but they're gonna have to switch that up with him coming back and they're gonna have to use uh really intelligent uh play calls. And they just when they brought in another uh defensive back, Frankie Williams this week off the practice squad, they got rid of Chase Kaufman, their tight end uh, their, uh, their other tight ends. So if Dwayne Allen comes back this week, that's a huge help because otherwise they're really light on tight ends. And this could be, um, this could be a disastrous week for this offense. I think if, if they don't, uh, get their play calling in, in order, you know, you can't, you just simply can't run a, t- a ton of seven step drops and expect Andrew Luck in this offensive line, who's already struggling to, uh, you know, uh, improve on that. you know. Uh, Andrew Luck's going to do what he can do, but you know the offensive line's letting guys in that often. He's going to be running for his life.
0: I was looking at uh, Luck. He threw a million interceptions last year in, in what, seven games? Mm-hmm. He, he's, he seems like he's got a handle on that. What, what's, what's he done better in that regard?
1: Honestly, I think a lot of that has to do with the quarterback coach, Brian Schottenheimer. He's been fantastic for him. Uh, when I was watching him in training camp, you could really tell that they were making a legitimate uh, push to improve both Luck's eye discipline and his footwork. And it was key because, you I mean, you could really tell, you know, uh, in training camps in the past, lux has been on point, uh, always accurate right away, you know, from the very first practice, you know, until the end. And then the first few practices of the first week of training camp, he was sailing balls and everything because he was learning new footwork. You know, he was really, it was just retraining, uh, his muscles, you know, to, uh, react a certain way. And they were, uh, making sure that he was staying on reads long enough and then coming off of them, going to the next one. They really were pushing that. It was really interesting to see because it was so obvious. You didn't need the coaches to tell you what they were doing. You know, in fact, they didn't say anything about it until about the third week of training camp, but I could tell, and I know others around me could see it as well. And, Uh, I think that Schottenheimer has been fantastic for him. Schottenheimer's really brought his uh, skills to the forefront and kind of uh, polished them up, I think. And when you add his raw ability to that, I think luck's just hitting his stride right now. I I really uh, think that Brian Schottenheimer is going under the radar as far as what he – He's underappreciated for what he's done for Luck. I think you know you add Luck's skill set and you give uh, Brian the the polish and the in the rag, and and here you go. I think that Schottenheimer's done a fantastic job with him.
0: It'll well, be a fascinating matchup for sure. You know, given Green Bay's secondary is a mess and, and the speed concerns, but the the one thing that the Packers have done is they've stopped the run. I mean, they are I think they're number two going into the scheme, and 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 that's led them to have some success throwing it um but to stop the run i mean have you ever seen anybody like frank gore i mean the guy is what 33 yeah he's just it's a, it's a it did, did nobody tell him that running backs are old when they're 30
1: <laughs> yeah he's he's something um he's not a guy who's going to get that hundred and some yards a game he he could um and the colts offensive line is a better run blocking team than they are a pass blocking team but frank gore man he still ha- finds a way to squeeze in between uh, little holes that you don't even see there. That's and what then Mike McCarthy
0: said today on Gore. Is he was never seen a guy so able to get skinny and, and find the tiniest little hole and get you something on up in.
1: <laughs> it's weird because if you see him from the end zone, uh, and there and the offense is coming towards you, you see him disappear completely behind both lines and all the defenders. And then you see a little hole in between two guys' legs and him just come with his hands almost on all fours, squeezing through it for another four or five yards. And it's like, man, well, I don't even know how he's – how do you see that? And he gets so low and so, he's so strong too that if you don't get both hands on him or a solid hit on one of his legs and wrap, you're not going to bring him down. Um, he, you know, just – he he's been uh, knocking off some bigger runs this year than the Colts uh, – I think them Colts fans have seen in a long time, not so much getting the 20 and 30 yard runs very often, but when you're used to seeing guys like uh well, you know to bring up bad stories, Trent Richardson and some of the the bad running backs that the Colts have had in the past, not to mention the bad run blocking that the Colts have had in the past, and you add those two together and they're you know it just seemed like you could never see uh, a 10 yard run or anything and in fact, he's been as explosive right now as the Colts have seen since Donald Brown uh was there in his final year of his contract he was really explosive when he was in he wasn't getting a lot of snaps but um Frank Gore's getting you know a lot of 8 and 10 yard runs they're very um picky i guess when they use him you know in the running and and the Colts really don't have a choice but to use him in the running game because their only backup is uh Robert Turbin and they just simply won't give Jordan Todman an option uh, as the receiving back back there, which kind of blows my mind a little bit. I think they're um, passing up uh, some potential offense in, in that regard. Uh, they haven't gotten anything out of Josh Ferguson, who's supposed to be that scat back speed guy back there, and he hasn't done anything. And they just won't even put Jordan Toddman on the field. I mean, not that he's uh, any by any means a franchise guy, and you want Frank Gore on there as much as possible. But when you give him a blow, they need to give – Todman, I think, an option. I don't know that he's had an offensive snap in several games.
0: That's interesting. It, you know, since Green Bay started going with the receivers in the backfield by necessity, it, it, made, it gave me an appreciation for those are the easiest yards in the football field. Oh, yeah. You just throw the ball five yards to a running back, and you let your running back beat someone, he can turn into 10. It's the easiest yards in the field, and the Packers had never done it because they've always gone... And for good reason, they, they like big running backs here because you need a big running back in December at Lambeau Field. But you know, not that Ty Montgomery's an every-down running back, but it's just such easy yards where you put a, a guy who can catch the ball and, and with some make-you-miss to it and a guy who can outrun linebackers. It's just it's like mm-hmm. stealing money.
1: Well, not, like, not to mention, like you said, the Packers offensive line is nice, so when they get to that second level, those guys are cleaning up for him, and he's getting a ton of yards after the catch.
0: Yeah, and and the receivers block too. Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams are 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 powerful guys, and they'll go block. So mm -hmm. it's really been a revelation, and and it's made you wonder, and makes you wonder why GM Ted Thompson has just never gone out and got a a quote unquote third down back is is a guy who can you know make something happen. It's always been and Lacy's made a lot of plays in the passing game, but there's no comparing Eddie Lacy to Ty Montgomery in the open field either.
1: Right. Oh no, absolutely not and uh and that's the thing i mean uh, robert turbin is uh, a power guy like frank gore you know that's their style so to speak um and then this jordan toddman who also has a little bit of power to him but he's also the speed back guy and he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities in the past years but they they like i said they're just bypassing that part of the uh equation when they could be using that to improve their offense i think the colt's offense is pretty in pretty good shape right now uh when you uh kind of forget about all the hits that Luck's getting and the pressures that the offensive liner are uh, giving up. But at the same time, they're, they're going to need to be an amazing unit uh, in order to kind of cover up how bad the defense has been, especially in the passing game. Now, there's something else I wanted to ask you uh, about the, the Packers in, in general. Where are they as far as uh, defensively, being able to uh, create QB hits and and actually getting constant pressure on the quarterback versus the sack Um, uh, as far as like batting balls down. I mean, are they uh, extremely active in that regard or is it simply that uh, when they get to the quarterback, he goes down?
0: No, they've had pretty consistent pressure. They've got a lot of options when they get in the third long. You got obviously got Clay Matthews, Nick Perry's had a, had a hell of a good year on any, prove it contract season he's he's gonna make a, a boatload of money so those two guys and, and then then in their interior they got you know julius peppers who's you know he's 36 mm-hmm. and he's he's got three and a half sacks and really 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 limited duty they, they're all about keeping him fresh for the games that matter so he gets some pressure they, you know they got dayton jones a former first round pick and mike daniels who line up at d tackle on passing down so they they They've got all sorts of ways to get pressure. What's killed them is their cornerback situation is just so horrendous. That defense corner, Dom Capers, who loves blitzing. I mean, when he gets out of bed, he's calling blitzes. Well, I mean, you know how it is. If, if your corners suck, you can't blitz. Right. So he's, right. You know, he just, he basically waved the white flag of surrender against Matt Ryan to Falcons because, you know, Ryan was picking apart their guys, but he was so terrified to blitz that he didn't blitz. So it was just four man and Ryan nickel dominant down the field, but they, mm-hmm. they've, you know, I think this is a big advantage in Green Bay's favor in this one is Green Bay's got a really good rush, and if they're not getting home, their their D line's bet on a pretty fair amount of passes too, right? And against, you know, what's this statistically is a pretty porous pass blocking, which which you hit on earlier. I I think, I think that really is Green Bay's chance to to hold up in the passing game.
1: And and with uh, the Packers are only giving up like three point something, uh, low threes yards yards per carry. Um, against uh, opposing offenses, and they've only allowed two touchdowns on the ground this entire season, which is tops in the league. Does, let's say, the Colts aren't uh, extremely uh, successful on the ground early in the game, and they do what they have done, especially in the second half, and go to the air almost exclusively. Does that present um, a little bit of help for that that struggling secondary of Green Bay? Uh, with their linebackers being able to help out in coverage? Because, I mean, when you become uh, a team that the opposing defense knows exactly what you're doing, it really doesn't matter where your strong points and your and your weaknesses are at. Those teams are going to just be like, okay, then we're going to sit back and we're just going to play coverage all day. Does th- that linebacking core um, boost that secondary in that regard, if that's the case?
0: Uh, they They've got, you know... Joe Thomas, he he comes in, he's their dime linebacker, slash he comes in with, in their in their fast nickel I call it when kind of a passing down. he's he's a pretty good coverage player. Um rookie Blake Martinez from Stanford who's is, is is pretty good there. You know, Jake Ryan is their other starting inside linebacker, and he, he gave up the touchdown pass to Sanu. That that I hate to say he lost the game for him. That wouldn't be accurate, but he was in right. coverage on that. He's he's kind of a uh it's not his strong suit so we'll we'll say. You know, mm-hmm. for for Green Bay, if they can't stop Gore, they're going to lose because because Ryan will go or Ryan that was last week's game. I Luff <laughs> will go play action and 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 they'll and they'll get destroyed. they have to, they absolutely have to stop Gore and make it a second and eight and a third and five game. But second and five and third and two, forget it. I mean, they're they'll, they'll get worn out. But it would it, be, you know, they 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 couldn't they couldn't get home on Matt Ryan and that quick stuff, and they couldn't match up with with Muhammad Sanu in their number two receiver last week, I just, if they can't stop, Gore, they'll lose.
1: And what are they, you know, the Colts have struggled on first and second downs on early downs in games uh, mightily. And their third down percentage isn't great. What does that, what does uh, Green Bay's uh, early down success uh, do to the Colts in, in this game?
0: Check on Green Bay's offense?
1: Yeah. No, their defense.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's everything. I mean, if they, I mean, you're not, you've, you know, you've seen this game long enough that if it's if if if, if Luck has second and five, then he, then he's at the mercy of the play caller or or, yeah. or if Luck's changing the plays. I mean, you're just totally at their mercy. Yeah, they they, they absolutely have to stop Gore and and give and give their corners a, a fighting chance. I mean, there's there's right. just no way around it.
1: Right, and that's one of the major strong suits of this Green Bay defense is also that they're at 34 percent on third down. And that's uh, pretty impressive. I'm yeah, you know, some sure of that's... that though
0: is that, that, that against the Bears, the Bears are like one out of a million in that game because they were down to a third string quarterback, Matt Barkley. A lot, mm-hmm. of Green, a lot of Green Bay's defensive stats are skewed because of that game because the Bears were just, just so, so terrible.
1: Right. But either way, they're still on are either way, they're still gonna be in the top ten percentage wise in third downs. And with the Colts struggling so much on first and second downs, that's what worries me is when you get into those third down and plus five situations, the Colts have uh struggled to, to deal with those. And if you're going against a team like Green Bay who's successful in those in large part, that's gonna be uh that's gonna be trouble.
0: Yeah, it is Green Bay's the best part of Green Bay's defense is Stopping the run and getting after the quarterback. So that's that's been the secret the third down is is creating third and long. And they've had so many third and eights this year, where while well, they'll rush three and they'll drop eight, and there's nowhere to throw the ball, and the quarterback checks it down and they tackle them for for a gain of four, and then they'll give up. You know, if it's third and eight, they'll give up six. Happily, if it's third and twelve, they will give up ten. They've been really good at at that part of the game. You know, the the fans hate the three man rush; they just drives them crazy. Yeah, but it works almost <laughs> every time. But mm-hmm. The only time people don't notice is when, is when it doesn't work. It, it's it's a it's been a good good defense for
1: him, I game. like. I think I'm going to like it if if Green Bay does a three man rush because that seems to be the only time that the Colts offensive line is successful. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the more they want a three man rush, I, I'm all for it. Now what what is Dom Capers especially good at um, when he comes into a matchup like this with a, a top level quarterback?
0: Well, that's interesting. They have not had a whole lot of success against top quarterbacks, which is, I suppose, is why they're top quarterbacks. Um, you know, it's been it's been a while ever since they lost Woodson. You know, once you know, he was really good in 2010, and then he got old in a hurry. At least he got old here mm-hmm. before hit the fountain of youth. I mean, they've they've had a lot of problems against big time quarterbacks, and you know, Capers' deal is blitzing. But but what makes great quarterbacks great? It's because great quarterbacks win the mental side of the game, and you can have all the fancy blitzes in the world, but if the quarterback is so darn smart that he sees it coming, then he's beating your blitz before you can run it. So, you know, I, top quarterbacks have really had their way, and you know, maybe not not just this year, but over the last several years. And mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been pointing this out since the schedule came out. You know, Green Bay just, you know, the Green Bay just faced Matt Ryan. They got they got this game against Luck um, next week. It's. Uh, uh got well it, it's Wentz and Cousins. I fr- I forget the order. Oh it's oh it's Mar- it's Mariota next week, and then it's yeah, Cousins, and, and then it's Wentz. Yeah. and then it's uh Russell Wilson after that. I mean it, it, they just they were playing a, a gauntlet of top quarterbacks and to me this Oh
1: no you forgot you forgot Osweiler after Wentz. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forgot him intentionally. And then <laughs> yeah. at the end you, you get you get Stafford who's been who's been all world this year. Stafford's been great. And Bradford, yeah, who been. killed the, the Packers in week two, this is they're going to run a gauntlet of, of top quarterbacks here. And I think that the season might be defined on how they get through these next four or five games with with Ryan last week, Luck this week. Um, Mariota looks like he's a player. And then you get Cousins and, and Russell Wilson. And I'm not sure if once is going to be good or bad or, or what his deal is, but it's a bunch of good quarterbacks. And, and, and they've struggled because let's see coordinators – have struggle I think against quarterbacks who can see the blitz coming uh
1: just for our for our listeners here Bill uh whether you guys are going to the game this weekend in Lambeau or you're going to go to another game uh further on in the year the season is, is halfway over and one thing that you guys need to do is you need to get on SeatGeek. It's a free app on your phone. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games that you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seat you want for great value. Have you used this yet, Bill? It's great. I mean, with within
0: one touch, you can pr- it's like it's going to pr- like on the price line. You can price compare your tickets. It's unbelievably good.
1: It is. I, I used it this past weekend uh, for the Chiefs game, and it was the easiest thing in the in the world to do. And I love that you can. I love that you get all the taxes and everything all in one. I really do. Uh, I think that's understated. People, you know, try to downplay that, but that's that's nice. You don't want any surprise charges on your account, and uh, this lets you know exactly what you're going to do. And like I said, uh, both Bill and I both have the SeatGeek app on our phones. It's by far the easiest way to to shop for tickets. You can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, like Bill said, you can instantly find seats for this weekend or any weekend's games uh, this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you, like Bill said again, uh, by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, both Bill and my my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's three beers, people at the game. Three beers. Oh, man. That is exactly what I was thinking when I was there. It was fantastic. I thought this is great. Now I, I spend the same amount of money and I get me a little drink in them in the middle of it. Uh and to get this twenty dollar rebate, guys, download the SeatGeek app. Super easy. Go to your uh your app store and download this app. Go to the settings tab. Make sure you do this before you start finding looking for your tickets, or else you'll have to go back and start over. Uh add a promo code. Enter promo code LO COLTS for the Colts. Or L O Packers. That's our shows. That's our promo codes. Use one of those. SeatGeek will then send you twenty dollars after you've made your first ticket purchase. Boom! Right back in your pocket. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L O Colts or L O Packers today.
0: You know what, Packers
1: fans? You know the schedule. They got three state, three
0: straight road games coming up, which means the next home games in December. Sunday's forecast: sunny and sixty-four. You can leave your blaze orange hunting gear at home. <laughs> enjoy a nice sunny day at Lambeau. So by God, go to this game. And plus it's riders against Luck for goodness sakes.
1: You know? nah, I mean, who doesn't want to see that? I tell you what, if it was any closer to home, we might actually be going to this one too. Cause that, you know, I wish this past weekend was that game. Instead I got, uh, uh, Foles and, uh, Alex Smith, although they beat the Colts, not like, uh, the Colts did anything to stop them, but, I would much rather have seen Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers that would have been fantastic. Uh Luck should have played a little better too, but uh that's ne- neither here nor there. We're we're moving on. <laughs> I'm trying not to look in the rear view too much more.
0: That's right. It's on the uh, Green Bay as Pagano told us in his conference call.
1: Oh yes. Yes. He he was very much the same uh this throughout the week with uh the media availability around here as well. He either didn't like the co- uh the the questions or he just simply wanted to stop talking about and anything but that um bill something i want to ask you is who is a guy on the packers that the colts fans may or may not know much about um that you would expect to be uh a big part of this game sunday
0: well it's got to be Devonte adams um you guys you know if you're a fantasy football player you, you know all about Devonte by now he had 13 catches against the bears two weeks ago and then 12 catches last week against atlanta that's 25 catches i i went to Pro football reference, and since 1950, that is five more catches than any Packers ever had over a two-game span. So he's been on fire. Wow. Uh, part of that is because, hell, everyone else is hurt, and they're throwing the ball 100 times a game. But he's uh, – <laughs> you know what? Packer fans will know this. Coming in, coming into training camp last year and through training camp, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy predicted that this guy was going to be the greatest thing. such slice sliced bread, future star. They call him the offseason MVP. And they expected all these great things for him. Well, then he, he hurt his ankle early in the year, and, and his you know his, that was basically it. He played, but I mean he was mostly ineffective. I mean there there was a game in November against the Lions where Aaron Rodgers threw him twenty one passes, and he caught like ten for like sixty yards. It was just the worst thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. The last couple of weeks it's been the Devonte Adams that the Packers thought they were getting as a second round pick a few years ago. He's uh, you know he's not super big. He's you know six one and change. He's not super fast, but he can jump. He's a big, powerful guy where, you know, they, they, he's, he's got the conferences up where he, he's catching the ball. You know, he, he's hard to tackle, or if you get him down, he, he's at least dragging the guy for three or four yards of the act. He's, he's turned to a, a real marquee player where, where all eyes were on Jordy Nelson, you know, coming into the season after the torn ACL. It, it's really been Adams playing a big role in this offense. And I, I would think there's no reason for the Packers to, to deviate from that because he, he's the hot hand.
1: Yeah, he he kind of struggled last year uh, with catches. You mentioned that, and this year it seems like he's kind of turned that around. He's he's done a pretty good job in rectifying that situation. Same question. Where do you? Do you do? Okay, go ahead.
0: People who uh, as Mike McCarthy called him an uncommon opponent, who so we don't mm-hmm. know a whole lot about here.
1: Uh, some of the guys you may not know about: T. Y. McGill up front. Um, not a, not a big. He was inactive early in the season for three or four games. Uh, he, he, along with David Perry have been, uh, basically the Colts interior, uh, push with Henry Anderson being sidelined for a good portion of the season so far. And I'll tell you, if, if he gets through that line, then he's going to wreak havoc for Aaron Rodgers because he is quick for a big guy. He can leap. It's crazy how, how athletic this guy is for as big as he is and, uh, I would say that he runs as much of a uh, an issue of causing trouble as any pass rusher does for the Colts coming into Lambeau this week, uh, especially, like I said, with Henry Anderson out and another guy that I think maybe uh, a lot of people don't know about. I mentioned him earlier in the show, but Akeem Ayers, he was a player uh, for uh, the Rams in the past And a lot of people don't know about him, but he has been a very welcome addition to this Colts team. They picked him up not too long ago, and he wasn't getting a lot of snaps in the first few weeks he was in town, but he got a lot of snaps last week. Uh, Another guy, I'm just going to give you a third, Edwin Jackson, uh, inside linebacker. The Colts have struggled mightily with their linebacker coverages in space, and they uh, got rid of a couple guys. They need a a guy who can cover opposite to Quell Jackson, who's largely the run stopper. But Edwin Jackson is a guy who was kind of the favorite, if you want to call him that in training camp, of the lesser-known guys because he can both cover and tackle, and he's really good in pursuit. Um, He was actually, if you watched the game last week, he was the guy that put uh, Alex Smith down and kind of hit him pretty good. He's a very solid tackler and – you know these three guys are, especially with the injuries to to this team, these three guys are ever uh, pertinent to the Colts' success on defense.
0: Since you did three, I'll, I'll give you a second one, and I've mentioned already that would be cornerback Ladarius Gunter, can un- undrafted out of Miami last year. He played like eight snaps on defense as a rookie, and because of injuries, he's suddenly become their number one guy by default. But he's he's played well enough where he's going to have a role. When everyone's healthy, he's, he's still going to be playing. He's a, again, he, he doesn't run very well. He's a, a press man, a great technician, and nothing fails mm. the guy. I mean, you think, you think if you're an undrafted guy going up against Odell Beckham Jr., you're, you know, you know what in your pants while well, he's, right. he, that didn't, you know, Beckham didn't phase him. Julio Jones didn't phase him. He's one mentally tough son of a gun. And I you know, I, I think him against, I assume he'll face Moncrief. That's a pretty good size, uh, matchup there. I I think that's going to be a great matchup.
1: That'll be interesting, too, because a lot of like uh, Dorsett has struggled a little bit getting off the line against some solid press coverage. And you say he's a technician and that's ultimately more important than speed when it comes to situations like that, especially when you've got a pass rush, uh, as you well know. Now, uh, Moncrief, uh, in the past, he's struggled against it and he's been out for you know several games this year, so it's hard to say where he's at in that. But in the first couple of weeks of the season, he looked really good getting off of press coverage. So that will be uh, something that I'll be watching, especially close now, uh, especially since you brought it up because I don't know much about him either, uh, the Gunner. And uh, I'll be interested to see how that how that uh, pans out a little bit. That that's an interesting thing, especially if you say he's going to be in his face the entire game because Moncrief's going to be essential to the Colts' success. Uh, especially in the passing game, the way that uh, some of these injuries are playing out.
0: All right, Matt, who do you got winning?
1: Well, I'm going to, I I have to uh, keep my uh, objective opinions uh, going this year. And, you know, I gave the Colts the benefit of the doubt last week and said that I thought that they'd win. Now they've had a lot of close games. The two teams that have beaten them the most handily, the Chiefs and uh, the Broncos, the Colts were in both of those games, uh, whether they deserve to be or not. And I think that the Colts will be in this game as well, but it's uh, I'm, I'm giving it to the Packers and I'm going to say, um, I'm going to go 26-17. Wow. I think this is a little bit bigger of a loss than the Colts have had, uh, have gotten used to. And Colts fans are usually uh, seeing a, three and four point game whether it's a win or a loss but i think this one's going to be a little bit bigger
0: i was talking to one of my my colleagues rob demaski from espn today and i, I said i am tempted to pick the colts hmm. because of all that speed against a bad secondary or not a bad secondary i mean a beaten up secondary and who they have them they're not exactly the most fleet of foot mm-hmm. but rogers has gotten hot they're they're at home uh, i'm going to go green bay for reasons I'm not quite sure of, other than I think Rodgers <laughs> got things figured out, and I look at it, a 31st ranked pass defense, and a defense that can't rush the passer, and I can't, and a defense that doesn't intercept the ball. Right. I figure that that what Green Bay's offense got going for a couple of games will continue again, and, and Green Bay wins like 30 to 24.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's I'd say that's good too, and and that really is where this matchup goes is between uh luck and and rodgers and it's going to be ever exciting i i just hope that it, i honestly hope that both teams play well and that it is a shootout because that is the most interesting game to watch and uh you want to see some some high level play in the defense as well but you really want to see these two go downfield i think just fans want to see that in general want to see these two guys trying to carve up the opposing defenses and both teams are successful that is a good game in the nfl and um, any of these games where you don't have partic- two particularly great teams at the moment in the league and they're just not scoring or putting up points, that turns people off immediately. Um, somehow this past uh, week when we saw uh, Arizona and Seattle tie, that, that people love that game. I love- but that, that is not a game that every team in the league can play and have people interested in it, you know. Uh, the Browns and the Jaguars can't go six to six. Have any nobody's watching that game after halftime, you know. Uh, but when you have two quality teams like Seattle and Arizona playing, that that turns things a bit.
0: Yeah, I, I just see this. Maybe this is a, a, the first team to make a mistake loses. You know, it's a, a bad pass, a ball through a receiver's hands, so and maybe, maybe a deflected pass to the line that just happens to go into the DB's lap. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I just see this being a one mistake kind of game.
1: Yeah, I I hope so, because that means that the Colts have cut down on them if there's only a one mistake. (laughs) So I'll I'll go with that. I I like your interpretation of that. Uh, Folks, thank you guys for joining us for this uh, Locked On crossover between the Packers and the Colts. Uh, Always remember to uh, subscribe to uh, your Locked On Colts or Locked On Packers uh, shows. Thank you for uh, being interactive with us on social media, uh, whether it's the Uh, Twitter account or Facebook or otherwise. Make sure you guys are hitting us up if you have any questions or concerns. Uh, Talk to us a little bit. Tell us how you want or what you think we could do to make our shows better. Bill, thank you for joining me tonight, man. It was a lot of fun.
0: Thanks, Matt. Enjoy the game on Sunday.
1: I will. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Locked on Colts and Locked on Packers. You are locked on Colts. Your daily podcast on the Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.